Written in the Stars by Lisa Bryan Chapter 6 Quickening Alice came over at her regular time to walk with Bella to the baths, and found Bella still in the nest, curled up with her head in Edward's lap as he stroked her hair. Come on, Bella, Alice coaxed. Can't. Dying, Bella groaned. Alice squealed so loudly that it made Edward jump. Bella, you're pregnant! Either that or I've suddenly developed bulimia, Bella said. Go on without me, Alice. I don't feel like going to the baths today. No, come on, Alice insisted. You need to. Are you saying I stink? Your scent has changed, Edward noted. Alice rolled her eyes. No, I'm not saying you stink. I'm saying you need to get up and come to the baths with me so we can talk. Come on, it'll make you feel better, I promise. There was no doubt that she did indeed need to talk to Alice about what to expect, but dear God was it hard to leave her comfortable spot. Bella pushed herself up to a sitting position and then tried to get to her feet. Alice impatiently grabbed Bella's arm to help her up and Edward snarled at her. Alice smacked him on the nose. Don't be rude. The look of utter shock on Edward's face sent Bella into hysterics, laughing so hard that tears squeezed out of her eyes. Alice was right. She felt better already. Edward walked with them to the baths. If Tanya felt insulted by the implication that Bella needed another protector beside herself, she said nothing about it. He carried Bella's clothes and hairbrush, as if it were too dangerous a burden for her to bear. Alice started to push open the door to the baths, but quickly shut it when it became apparent that Edward intended to follow them. You can't come in here, she cried, scandalized. Why not? Because there are about twenty naked women in there. Edward looked bewildered. So? I have no interest in looking at them. Bella interjected. Edward, she's right. You can't come in because it will make the women uncomfortable to have a man in there. Why don't you go to the office? Alice will bring me there when we're finished. I will sit out here and wait for you, Edward said, pointing to a spot by the door. No, go on to the office and get some work done, Bella insisted. You've taken a lot of time off this week. Tanya settled the issue by stepping between them and shaking her staff at Edward. Do as the Empress commands, she said in a tone that allowed for no argument. Bella was laughing quietly to herself when she stepped through the door. She stopped in her tracks when she saw the woman who stood by the waterfall, wrapped in a towel, waiting her turn. Hello, Lauren, she said. Bella, Lauren responded shortly. You're looking... well. I'm fine, thank you. Bella's voice was stringently polite. She had the feeling that Lauren disliked her, but she couldn't think of a reason why. Lauren just looked at her for a moment and turned away. Well, nice to see you again, Bella said awkwardly to her back. Alice and Bella settled into their favorite pool, which had already been vacated by the time they arrived. Women were packed like sardines into the remaining pools, all of them staring at the still flat belly of the Empress. Bella was the recipient of many smiles and well wishes called from across the room, and she tried to smile back at them graciously, but her head was swimming again, and she felt nauseous. Come on, Bella, Alice coaxed. In you hop. Aren't pregnant women supposed to avoid hot tubs? Bella asked. 
It's not that hot. I checked the temperature. We're fine. Bella eased herself into the water with a sigh. You were right. This feels wonderful. You don't look so good, Alice said. I can't keep anything down, Bella confessed. Even tiny sips of water. I'll ask Esme to send over some of her special tea. It helped me. Bella placed her hands over her abdomen. I can't believe we got pregnant at the same time. I'm about a week ahead of you, Alice noted. So I'll probably give birth first. The thing is, you've got to be prepared for what's going to happen. She paused for a moment and considered how to proceed. Bella, you've noticed that Edward doesn't have any nipples, right? Yes, I've been meaning to ask you about that. And you've noticed he doesn't have a belly button? Yeah. Okay, so what does that tell you? Bella thought about it for a moment and shook her head. I'm not sure what you're getting at. They're not mammals, Bella. Bella's jaw dropped. She couldn't believe she hadn't put two and two together. How in the world can they be genetically compatible with us, then? Your baby is going to be almost 100% Volturi. He may get a few traits from you, such as hair color, but Volturi DNA overpowers the human side. Look on the bright side. No breastfeeding. With those teeth, I suppose I should be grateful. That's the spirit, Alice said cheerfully. So, what's going to happen when I give birth? It's not like I'm going to lay an egg or something, right? Bella joked. Alice didn't laugh. Oh, come on, you're kidding, right? Well, it's not really an egg, Alice hedged. But the baby isn't finished growing when it leaves your body. They're in an incubation sack, called a durus. The father's finished incubating the baby. Bella didn't say anything. Her mouth hung open slightly. Pretty soon, Edward's going to start building his incubation nest. Jasper's already started on his. They'll be in there a month, keeping the baby warm and safe. Babies are extremely vulnerable while they're in the duress. The tiniest hole in it will kill them. And sadly, there has been a long history of infants inside, especially royal babies. To protect their children, the men don't leave the nest. Alice paused. And even more sadly, he'll probably guard the baby from you, Bella. There was an Earth woman who was one of the first brought here, who was horrified by the whole thing, and she crushed the Duras and her child. Since then, the men have been a little wary of letting their mates near the Duras until they're sure that the women won't harm it. Bella laid her head against the cool tile rim around the tub. This is just too much, Alice. Stop, Alice commanded. Take a deep breath, Bella. It's not as weird as you think. Human babies are in a placenta that protects and nourishes them. The Duras isn't all that much different. Your baby is just going to still be in the placenta when he's born, and Edward will care for him until he's ready to break out of the Duras. Bella still said nothing. Alice patted her shoulder. It's okay, Bella. You'll come to grips with it. Give it a little time, okay? Later, Alice walked her down to the office she and Edward shared. He got up from his desk when they opened the door and embraced Bella gently. Are you all right? He asked. She gave him a brief smile. Just trying to take it all in. I have a gift for you. Edward reached into his pocket and extended his hand to her, palm up. 
In the middle of his palm were two plain gold rings, one large, one small. Jasper told me that Earthmates wear gold rings to symbolize their union. I thought you would like it if we wore them. Bella burst into tears. Edward made soothing noises and rubbed her back as she sobbed against his chest. Happy tears? he asked. Sort of, Bella said. More like confused and scared and a little freaked out, but in love with a wonderful, thoughtful man tears. Don't be scared, Edward whispered. I'm here with you. Bella smiled at him, tears glistening in her eyes. And that makes it all worth it. Edward made the announcement to his kingdom later that morning and declared a holiday. The galaxy erupted in celebration. Edward turned on the view screen and played the videos of the parties occurring all over the galaxy with a sense of awe. On Earth, she'd refused funeral services because she knew no one would come. Now, there were billions of people celebrating because of her pregnancy. There were so many videos of people offering their congratulations that it would probably take until a baby was born to watch them all. She spent the morning in bed with Edward, which was usually something she greatly enjoyed, but today she was miserable. Edward was worried because she hadn't eaten anything, but every time she tried, her stomach revolted. Just thinking of food made the nausea hit her like a ton of bricks. Stumbling, she raced for the bathroom, gagging and retching. There was nothing to come up. Everything she had consumed since yesterday had been instantly rejected. Edward held her hair until it was over and then carried her back to the nest. He had just laid her amongst the pillows when Jacob came in. He approached them to kneel, but Edward growled menacingly, and Jacob dropped to his knees where he was, his gaze firmly fixed to the floor. Please pardon the intrusion, Emperor and Empress, but Esme is here to see Bella. Send her in, Edward said. He sat down beside Bella, patting her soothingly. Hello, dear Bella she said. Alice told me you're having a rough time of it. Esme was carrying a large teapot. She knelt down beside the nest and poured a cup of hot liquid into it. Drink this, she instructed. I can't, Esme, I, I can't keep anything down. Trust me, honey, she said. This will help. Bella hauled herself upright with an effort and accepted the cup. She wrinkled her nose a bit and Esme laughed. I know. It smells terrible. Bella took a cautious sip. It was sweet with a little bit of bite, like fresh-brewed southern sweet tea. Bella waited, holding the cup carefully so she could set it down if she had to bolt for the bathroom. But nothing happened. She took another sip, and then another, and before long she had finished the whole cup. Wow, Esme, thank you, Bella said. What is this? Maithnil root. It grows wild on Kirby. How did you know about it? Both Edward and Esme stiffened. They exchanged a glance. Esme said, I've had children on my own, Bella. She didn't offer anything further, and Bella didn't want to pry. It was only after she left, leaving behind the teapot and promising to bring more the next morning, that Bella asked Edward. What happened to her children? She's never mentioned them. I had no idea she and Carlyle had kids. Their oldest son, James, was once my best friend, Edward said softly. 
He's one of the leaders of the rebels now, along with his two younger brothers. Good lord, what happened? James killed my parents. Edward rose to his feet. Please, Bella, I... It's still a painful subject. I promise I'll tell you about it one day soon, but not right now. All right? She nodded. She knew what it was like to have painful subjects. She woke in the night to a scratching sound. She cautiously propped herself up and saw Edward on his knees over by the wall, digging, flinging bits of rock behind him. What are you doing? She asked. Building, he replied flinging little bits of rock behind him as his hands busily scratched at the stone. Was that actually how building was done down here? When he said he had built this burrow, he had apparently meant it, literally, that he had been the one to dig it out of the rock with his bare claws. She picked up one of the nearby bits of rock and scratched it with her nail, and found it to be about as soft as sandstone. But still, he had to be wearing his poor claws down to nubs. She fell back to sleep, that scratching sound infiltrating her dreams. In the morning, Bella was shaken awake by the cruel hand of nausea. She made it to the bathroom just in time, Edward right behind her. It was a photo finish. When the bout was over, Bella lay draped over the toilet, as weak as a kitten. I'll take you back to the nest. Edward brought her the last of Esme's tea, and Bella carefully sipped it. No, it's probably better that I stay here. Bella said, for the next four months. You may not be sick the entire time, he suggested. Bella was able to chuckle weakly. <laughs> I love your optimism. He scooped her up and gently deposited her among the pillows. Bella felt a sudden movement in her gut that had nothing to do with the nausea. She held her breath, not sure she had actually felt it. But then, there... There it was again. She gasped and seized Edward's hand and laid it over her abdomen. He paused, seeming to concentrate, and then that little nudge happened again. Edward's eyes slowly crept up to Belle's face, wide with awe. They both waited, breathlessly, but the baby didn't move again. Edward bent down and kissed her slightly swollen abdomen. Then he laid beside her and just held her for a while, both of them silent and amazed drinking in the moment. A while later, he went back to the hole in the wall and began digging again with renewed vigor, while Bella dozed. By mid-morning, he had the nest nearly finished. He allowed Jacob to haul away the rubble, but not to get anywhere near the entrance hole itself, which he had hid by dragging Bella's recliner in front of it. Over the next week, gifts poured in from all over the galaxy, so many that their quarters started to look like a warehouse and it was difficult to find a clear path to walk through. Edward liked that part. He was able to pile presents around the recliner to further conceal his nest entrance. Jacob had trotted back and forth from... Nope. <clears throat> Jacob had trotted back and forth from the mail office so many times that Bella lost count. Bella wasn't allowed to open the packages herself, lest one of them contain something dangerous and since neither she nor Jacob could read the cards that came with the gifts, Edward hired staff to open the packages and send out thank you cards on their behalf. Sometimes it was good to be the king. Jacob had just finished delivering the last of the day's presents when Aro appeared at their door.
Emperor, the new draft of the treaty with Port Angeles has been finalized. The council has gathered so that we may discuss it. Edward smacked his forehead. I had forgotten. He looked over at Bella, his eyes filled with worry. Edward, go on, Bella urged. I'll be fine by myself for a little while. Tanya is right outside the door. Edward didn't seem convinced. His tail flicked from side to side in indecision. I'll call Alice and have her come over for a visit, Bella suggested. Edward seemed to make up his mind. I will summon Alice. He turned to Jacob. Sit there, by the wall. Do not move from that spot. Do not go any closer to the Empress. You will run to get me if she becomes ill or needs anything. Edward, I'll be fine, Bella laughed. Go on, you big, overprotective lug. Edward caressed her face. I worry, Edward said. Whenever you're out of my sight, I worry. You and my son are so vulnerable right now, and I have many enemies. I'm safe here in the burrow, with Tanya guarding the door, Bella assured him. And Jacob is here, too. You won't be far away, Edward. Edward sighed. He nestled her neck, and then followed Aro out the door. She could hear him out in the hall, giving orders to Tanya as if she needed further instruction on how to keep the Empress safe. Bella snickered. He would be lucky if she didn't brain him with her staff. Jacob settled into position by the wall as ordered. Bella chuckled. You're not really going to stay there until Alice gets here, are you? I must obey the orders I was given, Jacob said. The Emperor has never beat me, but I do not want to test his patience, especially in regards to you and your young. Are all Voltori fathers like this? Bella mended as an exasperated joke, but Jacob's eyes were sad. No, Empress, not all. Bella was curious. Where are your parents, Jacob? My mother is on Phoenix. She and my father separated when I was born. They were alphas, and my father was humiliated by fathering a drone. He wanted to get rid of me quietly, but my mother refused. He tried to force her, and she fled with me to Phoenix, where I grew up. I was a rogue. A rogue? What does that mean? I had no owner, only my mother, and she did not register me out of fear my father would find us. One day there was a raid on the farm where I worked and I was captured and taken to the auctions. I haven't seen my mother since. Oh, Jacob, that's awful. I hope she went back to my father, Jacob said, his voice sounding distant, almost detached. He was always good to her until I came along, and I hate to think of my mother struggling to survive alone. If she won't go to him, perhaps she went to stay with her witnesses. Now that I'm gone, she doesn't need to hide. Her what? The witnesses that are mating. Yours are Lady Alice and Lord Jasper. By our laws, a mate can ask her witnesses for sanctuary in his burrow, taking him up on his promise to care for her like his own mate. Does your mother know where you are? Jacob looked down at the floor. I doubt it. I'm sure she knows I was captured by the rogue catchers. But... No one would think to inform her of the whereabouts of a drone. I'll try to find her, Bella vowed. 
Jacob tilted his head, confusion in his eyes. Why? Because it's terrible what happened to you. And it's terrible that your mother lost her son and never knew where he ended up. He was bewildered. Why do you care? I'm just a drone. Jacob, where I come from, slavery is considered evil, and every person is supposed to be equal. Jacob shook his head. He was picking up human mannerisms from her. That seems impossible. Well, I'm not going to claim that our ideals are our reality. There are still people who aren't treated equally, but our society is always trying to improve. You were kidnapped away from your family as well, Jacob said bluntly. Your mother never knew where you ended up either. I doubt she cared, Bella retorted. Hello, Alice called. Bella, where are you? Somewhere to the north of the pile of teething rings, Bella replied, standing and waving her arm. Alice spotted her and navigated through the huge stack of baby supplies. Now that Alice is here, I must return to my duties, Jacob said. He rose to his feet and glanced at her. Thank you, Empress. For what? Jacob gave her a little smile. For being so kind to me. I've never been treated like this by an alpha. Well, that's wrong, Bella said firmly. He shook his head again and disappeared around a stack of diaper boxes. Alice popped around a stack of clothing. There you are. This is incredible. What are you going to do with all of this shit? Alice marveled. I'm going to keep what I need and then donate most of it to the drone crashes, Bella said. Oh, Bella, that's so sweet. No, it's a statement, Bella responded. You've read about Eleanor Roosevelt, right? Wasn't she the one who was a lesbian? Well, maybe. Who knows? Anyway, she went down to Alabama to visit the Tuskegee Airmen. The army was still segregated in those days, and they wouldn't let African Americans be fighter pilots. I saw that movie, Alice said suddenly. It had the guy who played Theo on the Cosby show. Oh, good. Then you know what I'm talking about. She went down there and rode in an airplane with one of those black pilots at the controls. After the flight was over, she had a picture taken with him and asked that the picture be developed immediately so she could take them back with her to Washington. It was that photo which helped convince both the politicians and the American people that African Americans really could be pilots. If there hadn't been people like Mrs. Roosevelt, the struggle for civil rights probably would have taken even longer to accomplish. Is that what you want? Alice asked. Civil rights for drones? You're the one who believes in God, Alice. And people who believe in God usually also believe that everything happens for a reason. Well, what if my reason was to end slavery and oppression in this galaxy? I can understand that, but I think your life would be a lot simpler if you picked a nice, safe, and easy cause, like fighting homelessness. There isn't any homelessness. See? Easy! Bella woke from her dream about her parents, crying. Perhaps discussing parents with Jacob this morning had dragged them into her mind. Bella, what's wrong? Edward's voice was soft and sleepy in the dark. I had a bad dream, she said. It's all right. Go back to sleep. If you had a bad dream, you must let it out, 
or it will come back to you again, Edward warned. Bella almost laughed, and then realized he was serious. She supposed that her own culture had superstitions and old wives' tales plenty, so who was she to laugh at his? I dreamed about my parents, Bella said. In the dark, lying beside the man she loved, the words spilled out of her easily, painlessly. I never really told you much about them. It's always been a habit for me to conceal what my family life was like, and I think that it was because I believed I deserved the way I was treated. And if I told people about it, they would see why. My parents were never abusive, but they were never loving, and they weren't in the least bit shy about telling me what a disappointment I was to them. They were socialites. I was awkward and reclusive. My mother was a professor, widely regarded as brilliant. I did poorly in school. My father was athletic. I was clumsy. Both of them were attractive. I was plain. Both of them were successful, and I was a failure in everything that I tried. Bella let out a humorless laugh. You know, they even blamed me for what happened with Mike. They loved him because he was a state senator's son, someone of status. And so being with him was a way that I could gain at least a little approval from them. I was so starved for affection that I did everything he wanted. And all he had to do now and then was throw me some bits of feigned affection. And I would let him walk all over me in between. Now that I look back, I see that I chose a man who treated me exactly as my parents did. It was my first year of college, which was also my last year. I only lasted two semesters. I had a tiny apartment near campus. I came home from class early because of a stomach ache one day and caught him in my bed with another girl. He'd been bringing girls there for months while I was at school. He still lived with his parents and couldn't take them there. Maybe there was some sort of forbidden excitement in fucking on his fiancé's bed. I took off my engagement ring and threw it at him. He told me to keep it, that he only bought the cheap piece of shit so that I'd let him get in my pants, but that wasn't even worth the price he had paid for the ring at the pawn shop. Edward buried his face in her neck and pulled her body close to his own. She wasn't sure if it was for her comfort or his. When I told my mother what I'd seen, she kept trying to convince me that I was exaggerating or my eyes had tricked me. When I wouldn't change my story, she got angry and told me that if he was cheating, it was my fault for not making him happy enough to stay faithful and that I should go apologize and beg for him to take me back because I wasn't ever going to do any better. I really couldn't believe she'd said that. For years, I made excuses for the cruel things she said or did, that she didn't mean it, or I must have misinterpreted it, or that it was my fault for making her so mad. This time... I didn't make any excuses. I saw it for what it was. My mother didn't love me, and she never would. But that was something I blamed on myself. I thought there was something wrong with me that made me unlovable. That's when I decided I wanted to die. To escape. I couldn't see my life ever getting any better. Edward made a soft, protesting sound. Bella stroked his back. I never imagined that there was someone like you. Or happiness like this. But I'm scared, Edward. I don't know how to be a parent, and 
I'm terrified that I'll make my child feel like I did. You would never, ever do that, Edward said with surprising fierceness. Bella, you are the most loving person I know. And what's more, you always try to make the people around you happy. Do you know how special that is? How unique and precious? Your parents were ignorant fools. They were given a treasure, and instead of holding it up to the light where it could shine, they scorned it and tried to drown that light with their own shadow. You said they weren't abusive to you, but you're wrong, Bella. That kind of abuse doesn't leave scars on the body. It leaves hidden scars, which are sometimes deeper. The kind of scars which never heal. He nestled her neck. Your parents sound a lot like mine in some ways. Mine were thoughtless. Never overtly cruel, but certainly neglectful. They had him and I because they were supposed to have children, not because they ever wanted them. They treated the Federation with the same level of indifference, and that's why we're still fighting a rebellion today. He leaned up and looked down into her eyes. Here's the truth, Ella. We can be whatever kind of parents we want to be. We are not doomed to repeat our parents' mistakes. Our children will know that they are loved. Edward, Bella whispered, giving voice to one of her biggest fears. What if our baby is a drone? Edward shook his head. There's never been a drone born to my line. Yes, but what if, Bella insisted. It can happen to anyone, can't it? Edward took her hand, twining his fingers through hers. If our baby is a drone, we will love him just the same. I swear it to you. Bella let out the breath she'd been holding and clutched him to her with a sob of relief. I love you. I love you, she whispered. I love you, he responded. And it was so wonderful to be able to believe it. She rolled over and gently kissed him on the lips. He was a little surprised, but didn't jerk away. Stay right there, she whispered. Don't move. She started kissing down his neck. For how long? He rasped. Bella reached the top of his chest. Until I say so. She followed his collarbone to his arm and was delighted to discover that he reacted to her mouth the same way she had on their wedding night. When her tongue touched the crook of his elbow, he jerked violently, gasping out something her chip didn't offer to translate. She followed his ribcage, counting them with her lips. Do you know that you have twenty pairs of ribs? Bella asked, punctuating each word with a lick or kiss. No, he gasped. I never counted. That's eight more than a human. If you want, I'll give them to you. Just, please. Please what? Belle asked pleasantly. She continued on her path to his hip bones, and then worked her way inward. It was probably a good thing she hadn't seen him fully naked until after they'd had sex a few times, and she knew there was nothing to be afraid of. He was huge, of course, as large in circumference as her wrist, and so long that he couldn't fit all of it inside her. But it was the shape which made him so different than a human male. Its length was covered with rings of muscle, and the tip was pointed. 
when they were joined, they were locked together, and instead of thrusting like a human male, those rings of muscle pulsed and contracted in rhythmic waves, caressing her walls, driving her insane with pleasure. The tip jotted into her cervix, delving into its opening, nature's way of ensuring his seed reached her womb. That had been the small ache Bella felt the first time he joined with her. There was no way she'd be able to fit it into her mouth, so she traced one of those rings with her tongue, lapping at the fluid which leaked from the tip. The drug in his fluids gave her an almost instant rush, apparently even more powerful when ingested orally. Oh, wow, she whispered. This time, Edward did jerk away, gently catching her head with his hands. No, Belle, please don't. Why not? Guys love this. Mike certainly had. He would imprison her head with his hands and thrust brutally into her mouth, bruising the back of her throat. She shoved the thought away hastily. He shook his head. It bothers me to see you subservient. Bella's head floated, and his words sounded as if they came from a distance. Bella wrinkled her brow in confusion. Edward, you do it to me all the time. That's different, he argued. She smiled and caressed his face. Sweet man. Edward, I want to do this for you. I want to bring you pleasure. You do. You always do. Just not like that, please. He rolled her over onto her back. My turn, he said, eyes glittering in the dim light. And by the time his raspy tongue reached her nipples, Bella had forgotten what it was they'd been discussing. Edward woke her the next morning with a cup of Esme's tea. She drank it quickly, hoping to prevent the nausea from taking over. I must go for a few minutes, Edward said. I won't be gone long, but... I must sign the treaty in front of the council. Bella smiled sleepily. She heard the door click behind him. She woke again a little while later, nausea roiling in her gut. She reached for the teapot and found it empty. She clapped a hand over her lips and dashed for the bathroom, but a pillow became tangled between her feet, and she tripped with a cry of surprise. Jacob caught her before she hit the floor. She vomited helplessly on the floor. Jacob holding her steady. I'm sorry. A roar shook the room. They both whipped their heads to the side to see an utterly enraged Edward standing in the door, his fangs bared in a snarl. Before Bella could say anything, Edward charged, throwing Jacob away from Bella and tearing at him with his claws. Blood sprayed in an arc, spattering the baby presence nearby. Jacob collapsed to the floor like a ragdoll tossed by an indifferent child, blood gushing from the horrific wound in his throat, his intestines peeking out of the three deep slashes in his stomach. Oh no! Oh my god! Edward, get a doctor! Bella pressed her hand over the gash in Jacob's throat. Keep pressure on the wound. Edward seemed to be in shock. I'm sorry. Get a fucking doctor! Bella screamed. I... I'm sorry. His tail was wrapped tightly around his leg. Jacob met Bella's eyes, and with one last choke gurgle, he died. Bella had never seen anyone die before, but she recognized it instantly for what it was. His body stilled, and his eyes stared sightlessly. Jacob was gone. Bella slumped, falling to her butt, 
sitting in the widening pool of red. You killed him. Bella, please. I'm sorry. You killed him! Bella cried. How could you, Edward? Oh my god! Oh my god! Bella covered her face with her hands, uncaring that she was smearing herself with Jacob's blood. I didn't mean to do it, Edward said faintly. It just happened. He stepped forward and bent to pick her up. Bella slapped his hands away. Don't touch me, she shouted. The color drained from his face. She jumped to her feet and ran, passing a startled Tanya who had been kneeling in the hall outside their door. She ran past residents in the halls who gasped to see their empress covered in blood, being chased by a Denali bodyguard and her mate. For the first time in her life, Bella had no trouble with directions. She made it to Alice's door and pounded on it fiercely. Jasper was the one who opened it. His jaw dropped at the sight of her. Sanctuary, Bella said. He stepped aside and she ran to Alice, who let out a little scream. It's not mine, Bella told her quickly. Jasper was arguing with Edward. She asked for sanctuary. By our loss, I have to give it. I stood as your witness, Edward. I vowed to care for her as I would my own mate. I cannot let you come in. You're stronger than I am, so I know you could strike me down and step over my cooling body, but I have to trust that our friendship will stay your hand. Bella! Edward shouted around Jasper's shoulder. Jasper stepped back and shut the door. Jesus fucking Christ! Alice whispered. Bella, what happened? He killed Jacob, Bella said. I almost fell. Jacob caught me. Edward saw it and he just... He just... Bella could no longer speak. Sobs backing her frame. This is over a drone? Jasper asked. He will get you another. Tactful as ever, Jasper, Alice told him, pulling Bella into her arms, holding her as she wept.